You are listening to The Magnetic Podcast with Milana Saranac, corporate lawyer turned six-figure online entrepreneur. Here, we talk all things soulful sales, launch strategies, mindset hacks, and behind-the-scenes secrets of building a magnetic online business that unlocks a life of freedom you don't need an escape from. Welcome to the show. Here we go, part two of the launch debrief. So if you're tuning into this episode and you have not yet listened to part one, which is the episode right below this, this is a good time to, well, like you can totally listen to this episode, but it's a good time to go and just bookmark and save the previous episode so you can go back to it and listen because let me tell you, The previous episode is so juicy and so filled with the real energetic shifts, the real mindset ups and downs that I went through during this launch that are going to help you so much because I can give you all of this strategy, but if you cannot work through the mindset, if you cannot work through the energy, it's not going to be helpful. So go back, listen, and let me know when you have listened to both of these episodes. So like I said, the previous episode was all about the energy, all of the energetics, all of the mindset stuff, all of the things. And this episode is going to be more about the strategy because I've had so many of you guys ask the strategic questions like, how long was your launch? How did you plan your content? How do you create a launch cycle? What are the conversion rates? All the things. And so I want to break that down on this episode and talk more about the strategic side because that is like, to be fully honest, like that is me to a core. I love my energy. I do the mindset work every freaking day. I call it the foundation of my business, but the foundation is not enough, right? You don't like lay down a foundation for a house and then move in. You lay down a foundation, then you build a freaking brick walls and then you move in. And so the strategy is a brick walls. And I know there are some people that are like, I just tune into the energy and everything just drops from the sky. That's just not how I operate in business because I need the strategy to implement and to align with the energy. For me, when I show up for the strategy, that is me saying, I am fully energetically aligned to this launch. That is me validating my energy, right? That's me stepping into my energy. So you're never going to hear me say like, it's just the energy, even if I might say the energy is more important because I, I do think it is, but it's not on its own. And like, that can be confusing a lot of the time, especially to new business owners. So if you are there and you're, confused or you have ever been confused around the intersection between the energy and the strategy, that's my take on it. You just need both and we're going to discuss the strategy here. As long as you have some kind of decent strategy, any strategy will work, okay? So any strategy that's based on sales psychology, buying principles, will work. And there is many different strategies. It's not just one. It's not like, oh, there is one thing. 
And what I like to teach my clients and in my programs is how to create a strategy based on sales principles, based on buyer psychology. And we know that as long as a strategy they pick aligns with these principles, it's going to work. And like, especially if the strategy they're doing is aligning with themselves energetically, and then it's aligning with buyer psychology, it's going to work, right? So any strategy can work, but it does have to be in alignment with how people buy because people have specific ways that they buy, right? Like there is a psychology behind buying behavior and that doesn't change. Like the way our reptilian brain works doesn't change. The way we process information does not change. So if you can work in alignment with that and choose an energetic frequency to be on while you're working in alignment with that, that is like the frequency of hell yes, this is working. That's when the magic happens. I feel like that was a really good explanation of how to combine strategy with energy. Okay, let's hop to it. Let's talk about what this launch looked like from a strategy perspective. In the previous episode, I shared some numbers with you. I shared how many people enrolled. I shared what the kind of launch outcomes were, so on and so forth. So in this episode, I want to kind of share a little bit about the timeline, a little bit about the content strategy, a little bit about what we did to like warm people up and also what we shifted throughout the launch. When I say we, it's because it's not just me. My OBM is like super involved in my business, helps out with this, integrates all of this, puts it into action. So I feel like I always have to give credit where credit is due because it's a team effort. Let's start with some of the things that I did not do to kind of just get them out of the way because I got a bunch of questions like, hey, what was your ad funnel like for this and how many ads did you run and for how long and all the things and like did you have this like funnel thing like a tripwire and the answer is no we ran no ads for this launch it was completely organic just to my social media and to my email list all organic no ads whatsoever We didn't have any funnel per se in place. So like a funnel could literally just be like, hey, here's this thing, sign up, there's a button, like that's a funnel. But there was no complicated, like crazy funnel happening in the background. Like if someone clicks this and they get taken here, if they click this, they get taken here. And if they come from this place, they get this sequence. And if they come from that place, they get this sequence, like none of that kind of stuff. It was really straightforward and simple. It was literally me speaking on my socials, selling on the gram, like I usually am. And we did run an event. I'll talk about that three day challenge. And there was email sequences in the back end. And that was it. Like there was nothing else. There was no sales calls. I didn't keep a lead tracker for the launch. I wasn't like tracking my leads. 
none of those things are wrong. I've done that before. I've had a mega successful launch where I had a meticulously tracker and I thought it was like fabulous. I just didn't do that for this launch. And like side note, eight and a half months pregnant at the time of this launch. So like I am energetically done. I'm like tired AF. I'm like, what is the easiest way I can do this? What's the least I can do? How can I do this to feel the most good? And like, that was so important to me because I just don't have the freaking energy. Like, I don't have the energy to create 10 ad creatives. And like, maybe the launch could have been even better with ads. Like, I'm sure it could be, but that's going to be something we'll have to test another time. Okay, what did we do. Those are the things we didn't do. Here are some of the things that I did. And this is in line, honestly, you guys, like you're going to listen to this. And if you've listened to any of my other launch debriefs or heard me talking about launches on the podcast, you will know that it's literally the same launch strategy. It doesn't change again, because it's in line with buying behavior with buyer psychology with the underlying sales principles the same freaking stuff that I teach in my program it's not going to be a shock but maybe you're new here so like this might be super interesting to you or maybe you just need a little recap and maybe like some of the things I'm going to say are going to just spark something that goes oh I can use that for my own launch which is really my hope with you and why I share this with you The first thing is shifting my content and starting to warm up my audience, right? This was an existing offer, so I didn't have to like create a new offer. I didn't have to think about like what people want. I did shift the messaging of this offer this time around a little bit more than the first time when I launched ESA. And that's because this is a 2.0 version of the program. And the 2.0 version is actually different to the 1.0. 1.0 was like pure sales. Whereas 2.0 is like, how do we get sales on repeat? So it's like, I'm going to teach you how to sell. I'm going to teach you how to show up. But like, I'm also going to teach you the energy behind it and I'm going to teach you a product suite and I'm going to teach you how I do all of these things on the back end to create repeatable sales. So there was a little bit of a shift in the messaging, which I do think helped and I do think it attracted a certain type of a person into the program who was like, I don't want to just learn how to sell in a non-salesy way. I want repeatable sales, I want this to feel good, and I want a system that I can use on rinse and repeat. And that's really what ESA gives you. I shifted my content about four weeks out from the launch to really start to prime our audience around this. So some of the things that I talked about and that I started to really integrate into my content is like product suites, right? I didn't talk much about product suites really ever before and definitely not for the first launch but I started to talk about product suites and why they're important and really started to drip this into my audience. I also shifted content from just being just about selling but also like repeatable selling. The strategies and the little like things behind the scenes that I do to create repeatable sales. So that was the very first thing. Two weeks out from the launch, 
I opened up a waitlist. So something that I freaking love to do is a waitlist strategy. I love to pre-sell to my waitlist. And the reason why is because they are my hottest leads. And so I love to capture them and give them the opportunity to say yes before anyone else. And I just know that my waitlist is always going to convert at a really, really high rate. And that was 100% the case here. I think the waitlist conversion rate, let me check, it was like 16.2%, which is so huge given that the general conversion rate of an email list is like two to three percent right so like having a 16 percent conversion rate is incredible and that was because it's a wait list they're my hottest hottest leads the next thing I did was an event okay so there was a three-day challenge and this three-day challenge was essentially what was my like launch warm-up for my cold leads because I was warming up my audience on Instagram, right, four weeks out, but they're already pretty warm leads. And my waitlist, who don't need that much warming up, but I was nurturing them. But then I was like, okay, there's all these people joining for the challenge and there a lot of them were cold. So I think there was like 435 signups, which was amazing. That page had like a 55% opt-in rate, which is like also incredible, like so huge that 55% of people visiting that page were opting in, especially because a lot of them were cold. I don't know exactly how many were warm slash cold, but I do know that a lot of cold leads came through because they were finding me through reels and I was getting a lot of DMs being like, I literally found you yesterday on a reel and I'm like so excited to take your challenge. So that was really interesting and really cool. So we did this three-day challenge and that was the kickoff event for the launch. The challenge was free and it ran from Tuesday to Thursday. I opened doors just to the challenge on Thursday and then I opened them to like everyone on Friday and then I closed them on Friday. So it was like a seven-day open cart essentially. The free event was really well received. We had so much good feedback and so many people joined ESA who were like cold to me before the event which was so amazing and awesome and I definitely found that people that came on live with me or that were like said hey I watched your replay were the ones that were buying so the people that were interacting so I'd say like if you're hosting a free event think about how you can get people showing up live how you can get them interacting Something that we thought about doing during the event was like encouraging more live participation with like prizes and stuff, but we didn't actually implement that because I was like, hey, I need this to be super easy. What can I do to make it super, super easy? And that was just one of the things that couldn't make work at the time. And then some of the other things that I started to implement. So the challenge was great. The challenge really worked well. I would 100% run the challenge again. Something that worked super, super well was having a short open cart period. So essentially it was like seven days open cart and that just worked really well to create 
urgency for people to enroll, right? Like people had a reason to enroll straight away because it didn't stretch out. And if you listen to the previous episode, you'll hear all the crazy like ups and downs I went through in terms of how long and how much to keep the cut open and like all the things. But in the end, I was really happy with a seven-day period and also just helped me really be able to show up in my energy for those seven days and feel really good, right? Like, I was like, yeah, for those seven days, like, I can maintain my energy throughout the launch any longer and it would have probably just started to dip. In terms of, like, launch week content, the two things that really stood out for me that worked the best was anytime I shared social proof, no surprise to anyone here, but anytime I shared social proof, which I was doing like every single day for open cart, people would enroll. So sharing like results and past client testimonials and DMs and anything like that and really just like highlighting them and then also telling the story behind them like hey this person went from x to y and so on and so forth was really helpful and then also one of the things that I did and that like a lot of people messaged me like you do this so well is creating a aura of excitement virtually okay some people call this FOMO but I really like hate the word FOMO like it's not fear it's more like joyo (laughs) like the joy of joining in I like that I just came up with a new acronym make sure you tag me when you use this one (laughs) so I'd like to create an excitement around joining in, around saying yes. Some of the ways that I was really able to do this is celebrating every time someone joined, right? So I had like me on Hyperlapse writing out the names of every student on their sticky notes. I would put up the sticky notes of the names every time a bunch of people joined in. I'd write a little um, Instagram story like with confetti saying like, welcome, you know, Sarah, welcome, Joy, welcome, Jane, welcome all of these people inside. And I would, I like, I had a song, right? Like a theme song that would be playing consistently for all of these posts that I was doing every time I was welcoming someone in. It was like a fun, exciting part of my day to welcome them in. It's like, it's part of my ritual. And it's also a way for them and other people who are not inside to go, well, I want my name on the sticky notes. And I would have people messaging being like, hey, when you put my name on the sticky notes, like make sure that you spell it this way, or this is the spelling, or like I've signed up under my husband's credit card, but my name is this just letting you know so you can put the right name on the sticky notes. And I freaking love that. I was like, yes, like this is so awesome. Everyone was getting involved and it was so, so fun. And I had some of my clients who are like long-term existing clients being like, I need to know if I need to join ESA because I have major FOMO. I feel like I don't need to be inside necessarily, but I really want to be. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, the, like everything that I'm doing is working. So we'll just keep doing it. That was some of the things that I was doing. And then the last kind of two things that I want to share with you that went really well is that module one of ESA, it dropped at the beginning of the like full launch week so like dropped on a Monday and launch was closing on Friday so 
all of the people that had enrolled and said yes were able to go through module one And I started getting a lot of feedback in my DMs being like, oh my God, module one is so good. I've had massive shifts. I'm already like making sales. This is huge. And so I thought, well, why not share this? Why not show people what's waiting for them inside? And so I started sharing that. And I think that really fueled and prompted a lot of people to go, wow, if people are just having shifts from module one, I wonder what could happen if I like take the whole course, which I like agree with. I'm like, wow, if this is just module one, imagine going through the entire program. I did a lot of that and I think that was so, so helpful and really got a lot of people to join and I really focused on that in kind of like the last week. And then the last thing that was really helpful, something I've never done before for ESA, I've only ever done it actually once for a program is I dropped an extended payment plan in the last 24 hours. I knew there was a lot of people on the fence simply because of the price, right? I knew they were sold. I knew they wanted to join, but it was like, hey, I just like right now the investment is not the right fit for me. And so I was like, well, if we can overcome that barrier, that pricing barrier, then it's going to be easy for them to join. And like, I know that once people join, they're going to get massive results and it's just going to be huge. In fact, literally today, someone sent an email being like, hey, I joined with a payment plan. I've paid my money back. Can I pay it off? (laughs) So this is like, we're in week three now of the program. So like, so freaking early, right? Which I love. I love that. And so a lot of people joined on the payment plan. They got this six month extended payment plan and that worked really well. Now, obviously payment plans create a little bit of a risk for the business because it's like if people default, if they don't pay, you have to like you're not just spending, it's not just that they don't pay, but you spend admin time chasing them up. You spend admin time like following up, looking at your Stripe account, finding out their details, emailing them. And so a payment plan always comes with a bit of a like higher cost and justifiably so because there is a risk involved and there is extra admin around it. But putting that aside, I was happy to take on that risk just because I'm like, I know that ESA is going to change people's lives. If they just show up and implement it, there's no going back. And it's just going to be like, they're going to look back and go, it was the best decision. I'm so glad that I was able to join on a payment plan at the time. And so that was something that was yeah, just worked super, super well. And that I was really, really happy with. And we like, I'd probably consider doing it again. Oh, and a couple of people have asked me like around email sequences. So there was email sequences happening in tandem with my Instagram and Facebook content. And those email sequences were my sales, my general, like usual sales email sequence that goes to my general list. And then we had one for the wait list and one for the challenge. They were the same. They just had different calls to action. Like, you know, I would refer to challenge takers in one of them and wait listers in another and so forth. That was like the other kind of backend sales process that was happening because obviously people were receiving the emails, but all the content was repurposed across the board and all the emails were pretty much repurposed from launch round one and just added in a couple of different extra things in this one. And so 
really like I wasn't doing that much extra work. It was just like sorting out who was getting what, when was what being sent and all the things. So in summary, the launch just simply followed my general sales process. Go to problem awareness, warm those people up about the problem, present the solution to them, right? Establish yourself as an expert and authority and then sell in a soulful, aligned way to the people that are hell yes. And that was simply what this launch did. There was nothing that was like, oh my God, we did this crazy, weird, one funnel hack strategy that just like changed the game. It was also just the fact that I'm willing to show up for a launch every freaking time. I'm willing to test. I'm willing to redo launches, right? And like every time I'm willing to go, well, that worked, that didn't work and so forth. And I'm willing to fail. I truly believe that's what makes a business successful is just willing to show up over and over again. That was the strategy behind the launch. I hope that was something that you can take things away from. Um, Maybe some of the things you're already doing, maybe some of the things that you want to implement or that you can think to implement. And yeah, if you do, like, let me know what worked, what was like really great for you and what you chose to maybe let fall away, which is also totally fine. So that's it for this episode, you guys. There may be a part three on some of the things that didn't work so well that I feel like we could have improved on because I haven't really touched on that in this episode. And like, there are, of course, things that I'm like, oh, maybe I would change that or maybe I wouldn't do it this way next time. If you do want a part three, let me know. Let me know if you're interested and I can record a part three on what didn't work because you can usually learn more from your mistakes and your failures or things that didn't go well. So I would be down for that. If you're down, let me know. Otherwise, I will definitely catch you in the next episode. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Just real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, I would so appreciate it if you took a moment to just take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram story at Milana Sarnak. It really helps to get the message out there and it would mean the world to me. And until next time, remember, the biggest risk is living a safe life. It is time to play big. Your moment is now.